Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 25th episode of the Sport Limerick Soccer Podcast, where we're joined by our usual analysts, uh, Noel O'Connor and Jason O'Connor. Jason has returned to us after a very brief hiatus uh, a couple of weeks ago. Is it good to be back, Jason? It is, Adrian. I missed yourself and Noel. I missed the chats. Two-week break from work, so for me, work is football, so I needed a complete break from it, but good to be back. Yeah, we can understand that. I heard there was pictures on Instagram floating around of you having a sangria on the side of the pool in the Caribbean. I'm not so sure if that's true. <laughs> no, definitely not. The Cliffs of Moher now was as far as it went, lads. <laughs> I suppose back back to reality, unfortunately, this week we have um, a, a massive game for 3D United senior men's side, Jason. They, they host that lone town. There's six points between the two sides. Obviously, we'll go into that in a couple of minutes as well about the fact that Treaty have a, a far superior goal difference, but Friday night offers the opportunity to throw away any doubt that this team will will be in the playoffs. A huge opportunity for Treaty now at home in front of their own sport. Yeah, massive, Adrian. You know, and it's look, it's been a great season. There's no doubt about that. The lads have massively overachieved, Tommy and the group. You know, we've looked at it week by week here, and probably astonished at times that the the results they've got and and the performances they've put in have. A bit of a breath of fresh air, Adrian, really, for me. They've, they've approached the games properly. They've went about trying to manage games and win games. It's been hard to beat. We've said it all season. The, the kind of record and the form has, has been built on disciplinary, defensive work, I suppose, really. We know their disciplinary record has been poor, but their defensive discipline has been very, very good over the season. And about a couple of results, they haven't shipped too many goals. Um, Ty Groin has been excellent as we know and, and the back four and they haven't overplayed and, and they've been very, very good so it's it's an opportunity for, for the supporters to come out I suppose and show their appreciation of, of the work that Tommy and the players have done throughout the season and, and his backroom staff um, and I think Adrian look, a point will probably do it you know, I suppose they would still keep it dangling but at loan, will have aspirations themselves. They won't have thrown in the towel just yet. They'll be hanging in there in the hope, I suppose, that that brain drop points and, and they can turn treaty over. But you rightly said it's a great opportunity for, for the local team to kind of cement that, that playoff position. Yeah, I know that Bray and all will be looking over their shoulders even slightly more uh, than treaty. That's that's quite important to point out. But coming from a treaty point of view and looking at it maybe from the most negative aspect, you know, obviously it's not mathematically done yet, but surely with, with the goal difference that's there between treaty and that loan, that it would be, you know, almost impossible for that loan to catch treaty, you'd imagine. Absolutely. And Jason touched on the defensive solidity of treaty. So, you know, is it, I think it's 17 or 18 goals. It could even be more like it's hard to believe that, Treaty are going to uh, concede maybe 10 goals and at loan score, score another 10. So, And I, I think, I suppose, the danger, if it is a danger, because the one thing you do want is a bit of momentum going into playoffs. And uh, like it's a match between at loan and Treaty, but it's really a match between at loan and Bray. And uh, it's, it's, again, we... We looked at teams and the wind going out of their sails. Um, I watched the Athlone Shelburne game as Treaty didn't have a game last week and they were bright enough in the game. Um, I thought that Shelburne looked a bit leggy. Obviously, they they celebrated their, their title win, I'd say, for a few days before they got back to training. And um, 
they had a couple of great chances in the last five or six minutes um, at loan. And I suppose the one thing that has happened since Paul Doolan has got there is that uh, they're certainly not conceding goals at the rate that they were. I think they are going to be up, up for this game. Obviously, they want to be treaty, but not really in a a direct show of treaty, but they, I'd say they feel if they can get three points on Friday night, well, then it's really going to put the big, big pressure on Bray, you know, and uh, they probably still think they have a realistic chance of making the playoffs, although if they do, it certainly won't be at treaty's expense. Yeah, cer- certainly not, you'd imagine, although we, we don't like to count our chickens too too quickly in, in Limerick. Anything can happen in football and all that, but hopefully that would be totally impossible. Uh, Jason, I suppose you, you touched on this already, but you know, obviously there's been points of the season where Treaty noted maybe lost 4-1 at home to Kevin Healy, which was maybe a disappointing result. And we said maybe they've been a bit open and they need to, to go back to, to basics. But have you been happy in terms of recent weeks, how despite the fact that they haven't been winning a lot of games, they got a very important nil-all draw in Galway, uh, an important nil-all draw at home to Cork as well, and then were narrowly beaten against Shelburne, how they've went back to, as you said, maybe back to basics and, and been really hard to beat at probably the right time because that's an important ingredient going into a playoff campaign as well. Yeah, definitely. Like We asked them to reset. That's the way we put it, Adrian, because as I said, that's kind of what the, the season has been based on, you know, not playing in the wrong area has been hard to beat, not giving up chances, effective at set pieces, and and they have gone back to that. You know, you rightly said, you know, three draws and a win and a defeat in, in the last five. They're not scoring goals. That would be the only worry for me, I suppose, Adrian, you know, no goals in, in the last three, uh, four goals in the last five games, and, and three of them came against Cove. So that's a little bit of a worry. Kieran Hanlon's fitness would concern me because he's the only kind of out-and-out striker that we have, unless I suppose Dean George is going to is gonna make an appearance. He's been very, very unlucky with injuries all season. We saw him on the bench recently and, and he could be an option coming into the playoffs and a very, very good one because in, a, in the couple of games I saw him in the treaty colours, he he certainly did impress me. Um, you'd hope, obviously, that, that Sean Gearns would return. He's been out for for quite a while now, you know, and, and while Mark Walsh has done fantastic in, in that centre-back position, you'd love just to have a full-strength treaty side going into the playoffs so they can give of their best, Adrian. That's really all we want from them. But to answer, answer your question, yeah, I've been happy with them to know they've become hard to beat again. They're not giving up chances. They're not conceding too many. And, and I don't mean to sound critical when I say they're not scoring, but... In the same breath, they're not conceding too many. And, and we know, look, they're a match for anybody in this division on their day. They've proven that in the, in the games against Shelburne, Galway and, and UCD, the three teams above them in the table. They've proved that all year, you know. And at Lowen, I suppose, under Paul Doolan, nine points returned out of a possible 15 since he took over from Aidan Carberry. Noel quite rightly said the defensive side of things has improved and and on their day, they have threats. We know that Aidan Freeze, Stephen Meany, you know, very, very good players and they have a good squad, Glenn McCauley, but they just haven't fired at the right times at loan. And, and they'll look at their season and, and they'll be disappointed to know they really will if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, that's an interesting point, Noel. I was going to bring that up later, but now that Jason has mentioned it, just a point on that loan. 
we'll say, you know, they have, obviously, if they do beat Treaty and Bray don't get a good result, it goes down to the final day, they're, they're in with a chance. Um, but overall, considering maybe the hype from Athlone themselves at the start of the season and from a lot of their players, uh, do you think that it's been, it'll be disappointing for them if they don't reach the, the playoffs this year? I think so, yeah. And look, Jan knew my feelings earlier on about Athlone. I did expect them to you know, to struggle and they did certainly struggle after after five games. And I suppose my my basis for, for saying that the struggles would continue is I didn't actually see them bringing in, you know, someone of the calibre of Paul Doolan after Aidan Carberry left. Normally in those situations in, in, in the first division, like the budget is kind of slashed. A lot of the known players are gone and, uh, you know, the under... 19s are put on show for, for the last 10 or 12 games of the season. Now, at no one haven't done that. They obviously went out and got Paul Doolan and uh, they kept that squad together. Look, and the results have, have come up. And look, I think they're still in with a really, really good chance of catching Bray. Again, I repeat it. I can't see him dislodging Treaty, but I think that they have a, a 50-50 chance probably of dislodging Bray. I think they'll come down, you know, with, with, with real intent. It is the last chance saloon. You know, and it, it may be a difficult game for Treaty from the point of view that, you know, no matter what you say, it's very, very unlikely that Treaty are going to lose out. So it's not really a, a straight shootout between the two of them. And uh, it's going to be a difficult enough game, I think, for Treaty on Friday night. Yeah, it certainly will be. Uh, Jason, one thing we said at the start of the season that was going to be vital for Treaty in their, their maiden season in the first division was the home form. Uh, you know, they had a couple of defeats, but it's fair to say that they've got some vital results. You think of Willie Armshaw grabbing the, the game by the scruff of the neck against Bray. Uh, they win that game. You see them, Willie Armshaw again, scoring in the last minute against Shelburne, a brilliant goal. Treaty have, even when they haven't been playing against Wexford again, there's another example, hadn't been playing well. They've seen Teeter win matches when draws would have been very acceptable and maybe draw matches when it looked like they were going to lose. Uh, that was all uh, very important for them as well this year. Definitely, Adrian. You know, they've got momentum early on. You know, the, even Bray, the first game of the season, we know it was away and you're speaking about the home form, but probably deserved, I suppose, on the balance of play not to get anything and came away with a point. And, and as the weeks ticked along and, and the games ticked along and they were picking up points and picking up victories, the belief kind of came into the team. It really did. And it was their approach play, Adrian, really, that, that was the platform for, for the results that they've got. You know, myself and Noel said it in this division. You've got to play in the right areas. You, you can't be gifting chances to people by overplaying. And Treaty went through a little spell of that, but they soon dispersed it again. Um, and that's really the basis for the results that they've got. It looks like in all the games this season, Treaty set up as if they're going to play for a draw. And then with probably 10, 15 minutes to go, they empty the bench and they change the tactics, whether it takes them to go a goal behind or, or whether they, they sense a bit of blood and they push on and, and that leads to results for them. You know, and, and as I said, they've got the momentum. I think it's three home defeats out of the six, Adrian, correct me if I'm wrong, um, which is a fantastic, a fantastic return, really, if that's the case. Um, but look, goals conceded, you can see it. You know, are, are, are small for Treaty. You know, 32 conceded, probably up there, I suppose. Uh, 24, my apologies, goals against 24. It's 
it's in the top three in the league, do you know, and that's the platform. But to look at a, a player of the year, I suppose Ty Ryan will be up there. Mark Walsh will be up there. They're the two ones for me, I suppose, really. And Tyg, obviously, the keeper and Mark Walsh, defender and defensive midfielder, do you know. So Tommy has done a really, really good job, Adrian. There's no doubt about that. The game management has been fantastic, as I said. Look for that clean sheet. Keep a clean sheet. Stay in the game for long enough. Then spring people like Willie Armstrong from the bench. Change your, your approach for kind of the last 15, 20 minutes of games. And it's been fantastic to watch and have got great results. Yeah, Jason mentioned all there about you know the, the approach to the game, the games they played overall uh, this season. I suppose just being specifically on Friday night, uh, how do you expect uh, Treaty to approach the game with that done? Certainly the exact same as the last um, few weeks. I think they'll be they'll be very solid. They won't show a lot of ambition, certainly at the start. They'll, you know, I think Atlone will probably come at them um, a little bit. And look, they, they should be confident enough in terms of scoring goals. They scored a good few goals, albeit a, an Atlone team with a different mindset in the last game away from home against them. But I I, I was never madly impressed by the Atlone defence. I thought they had a lot more going forward maybe than, and even, you know, when Aidan Carberry was under pressure, I was surprised that he was signing kind of attacking midfielders and not getting a couple of defenders in in, 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 in in the squad. So I think Treaty will sit nice and tight. They'll have their midfield in place. They'll be very solid, particularly when Atlone are in their half and uh, and they look to break and counter-attack and certainly make an impact from set plays. But I don't see any deviation from what has really been successful for them uh, for most of this season. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. At the time of recording, Jason, we're not fully sure what way Treaty are injury-wise. Uh, I know that Tyler Connell will definitely be ruled out of the game uh, with a sprained ankle, I believe, uh, that was uh, picked up in training last week. Uh, so that's one injury. We probably expect Jack Lynch to be back, who, who missed the game in Dublin. So, you know, outside that, I think Matt McKevitt is off a bit and Sean Gearns, while back in training, is also off. Um, from the team that you, you saw in recent weeks, and I suppose maybe particularly against Shelburne, uh, do you expect to see uh, any changes or do you want to see any changes, Jason, from that? No, I suppose, look, Stephen Christopher, Tommy has persevered with him a little bit. We spoke about Joel Custrain in the past and and you know my opinion on that, Adrian. It's it's kind of one or the other. I don't think you can play both of them players um, on the wings if if you're if you're certainly gonna look for something out of the game. You know, I think Matt Keane has to play. He really does. He's been excellent. So if he's available, he'll play. Sean McSweeney, you'd expect to play in the ten. Is is Karen Handlin fit? Is he fit enough to play? Will you get ninety minutes out of him? He hasn't looked fit for a while for me. Mark Ludden back in, I suppose, at left back. And and as I've said all year, Anto O'Donnell picks himself. Um, Mark Walsh picks himself. Callum McNamara for me has has been fantastic when he's when he's been in the team. And Charlie Fleming, I know Noel has his doubts about him, and I can see why, don't get me wrong. But he's been solid over the season for me. He's had a couple of blips, but he's been solid. Um Joe Collins, anytime he's been called on, hasn't let the side down either. You know, so there is options there, Adrian. <clears throat> Adrian, and one thing you're guaranteed from this group is that whoever Tommy puts out on the pitch, they're going to give it all for the jersey and they're going to give it all for the fans. So, look, it's important that the shape is right. Noel said it. We don't gift anything easily. And, and because there's so much at stake for that loan, 
the longer the game goes at nil nil, the more frustrated they'll get and they'll have to come out. And, and then, as I said, the last 15, 20 minutes, Treaty could look at opening them up. Yeah, and there's, there's one uh, little thing. Let me be clear here, Noel. I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth, but there is a few 3D players, and I won't name them, that have that are on yellow cards that you're talking one more and you'd possibly be out of a playoff if it went on any further than the next couple of games. Uh, if you were the manager, would, would there be any encouragement in saying you may go out there and, and get yourself booked before the final game of the regulation season? Uh, I don't know. To be honest with you, it's, well, I suppose I, I haven't really experienced myself. I'm, I know that you know we've seen it, obviously. I think just the best man for that trick was Jose Mourinho, yes. I think. And uh, um, <laughs> I, I just think with the referees that you're dealing with, you know, telling the fella to get a yellow card in a, in one of these matches, any anything could happen, I think. I yeah. think it's very easy without telling them anyway. So uh, I'm not so sure that'll, that'll come into your mind. So listen, you'll have a word with the guy and say, listen, you're only one card away from suspension. You know, you need to be careful out there, but you've got to go out and play still, you know, and you don't want to see, you know, to see guys holding back or, you know, so um, there could be a word about it in the dressing room, but I'm not so sure that I'd be trying to do anything deliberate on it. Yeah, you'd almost be better off uh, not uh, dwelling on a situation like that or bringing it to light at all, I suppose, to, to be fair. Um, just to go on, I suppose, to the, the prediction side of it, Jason, it's a big night. It's not just a big night in the Max Field. It's a big night in general, obviously, for even UCD. They're at home to, to Cork. But a game I did assign for yourself would be Galway and Wexford. Galway have pulled away uh, in the end. You know, they're, they're six points, but I think ahead of UCD, seven ahead of of treaty they have pulled away and made second place their own uh, as it turns out there's two legs in the opening stages of the playoffs so it doesn't give you an unbelievable advantage uh in the opening stages but uh Galway at home to Wexford I suppose a word on Wexford too as as we've been waxing lyrical have, have made a lot of improvements so it's no gimme for Galway on Friday. No it isn't you know we've we spoke about Wexford at length I suppose um and they've improved steadily over the season we can see it Three wins, Adrian, you know, in, in the last five and, and very impressive at times. Their football has been excellent, um, I suppose. But no one speaks about momentum. And, and I do listen to what he says. He's a very experienced man. And and so is John Caulfield, you know, and, and he won't want still on a four-game unbeaten run while we are. They'll want to continue that run, you know. So I can't see Galway slipping up, but I expect them to win. And that's one home win. Would you expect similar at the Belfield Bowl, Noel? You've got UCD taking on Cork. We know now Cork are certainly building uh, for next year and have been strong for the, the whole second half of the season, to, to be fair to them. Another game that's that's certainly going to be very, very tough for the home side on Friday. Yeah, and found UCD really, really hard to predict as well. They've been probably the most unpredictable team in the league. Um, and you see Cork winning last week 4-0. So obviously, you know, the there'll be a lot of momentum there. You know, he's spoken about next season and and building a squad and strengthening the team and that. And uh I think it'll be a difficult life for UCD. And uh I wouldn't be surprised if Cork won that match. Yeah, and Jason, you've got Bray and Kevin Teeley. We did mention that whatever about 3D United, Bray Wanderers were going to be looking over their shoulders somewhat uh against that lone town. They might even be looking at it saying, thinking that 
treaty might already feel they're in the playoffs, so they'd be worried about what their mindset would be like, although they probably shouldn't be, to be fair, going into the game at home against that loan. They have Kevin Teeley, a team we've said at length, like Noel said, very hard to predict as well this season. They could turn up and be Bray 3-0, we just don't know. That's it, we don't know. Very, very hard to predict. They're a match for anybody, I suppose, and they've been difficult for Treaty to handle. We've seen that throughout the season, but they're on a very, very poor run, Adrian. You know, they haven't got a win now in five, you know. But look, Breer, just as unpredictable. They've probably the better squad on paper. We know that, you know, but have they underachieved? You'd expect Breer to, to be safe in the playoffs now. I didn't expect them to go straight up, but I did tip them for the playoffs, and, and I would expect them to be higher up in the table than they are now and they don't want to go into the last game so looking at Bray and Kevin Teeley look if I'm a betting man I'll go for Bray but very very difficult to predict yeah, and the final game is going to be equally as predictable uh, Noel you got the, the wrong end of the stick I suppose and that you probably got the most dead rubber game that we've had to predict all season in Cove Ramblers hosting Shelburne uh, at St Coleman's Park I know that we talk about building teams for following seasons and the likes but you know with children already wrapping up the league and how miserable a year it's been for Cove it's, it's a very hard to predict this one Yeah would you just feel like okay, I think maybe that Shelburne they might have calmed down a small bit on, on, on the socialising this week maybe yeah. and um, I think that you know they just have too many good players and they have the option to bring on guys as well or, or bring guys in you know who, who, who and they have that real goal thread as well and you know, we've watched Cove a lot and I just think they're they're quite poor and I think Shelburne will be good enough to to win that game. Yeah, and we move on to a, a section of, of the show which uh, is based on the Limerick Junior soccer scene, Jason. Obviously, we'd like to discuss it in, in more detail, but with the amount of games that are played every week, we normally just uh, specify one or two games, uh, particularly in the FUI Junior. You've got an all-premier clash between Kuna and Pike. That's going to be a, a test for Pike, you'd imagine. In fairness to Kuna in the league last week, they came off uh, in a 3-2 defeat. Very tight game. Unlucky, I believe, to be fair, uh, to come out on the end of the uh, defeat there. Uh, so Pike Rovers will, will know they're facing the game on Sunday. Oh, they definitely will. That was against Ashton and Cuddy, Adrian, last week. Yes, with, sorry, yeah. With Kuna. yeah, and, and they certainly gave him a scare and they ran him close. And, and if we're to look at it in that sense, I suppose the couple of games Ashling have played against Pike have been very, very close. But you go back a week previous then and, and James withdrew a Kuna. So especially the junior scene, it's even harder to predict results, I suppose. But look, if I was a bet man, I'd be back in Pike Rovers this season. They're for, for silverware. They really have impressed me the couple of times I've seen them. They've been a match for anybody that, they, that they've played and They've got firepower, they're scoring goals and, and look, they've got quality. You know, we know about Steve McGann. We know about Shane Walsh. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago how impressed I was with Owen Hanrahan and his fitness. And, and they have a massive squad that, that Robbie Williams seems to be handling really, really well. There's no negative vibes coming out of, of Crossagella. They really are kind of on a crest of a wave and they're sitting pretty in the league as well. Um, and after defeat Nashling in, in the FEI, They'll be quiet, quietly confident of going all the way, Adrian, you know, and I'd love to see him do it. So they'll be favourites for me against Kona on Sunday. It won't be easy, but I'd expect Pike to overcome them. 
Yeah, I know there are another few games, Jason, likes of regional A team playing Fairview B, which will definitely be a test for regional A as well, with, with how good Fairview B have been in the division below at the top of that league, actually. Uh, but one of the games we're going to focus the, the second game we're going to focus on involves one of your former clubs, uh, Janesborough. They travelled to Kilmallock. Uh, considering, the, we'll say Kilmallock have actually shown uh, recent form that they, they can compete, uh, Jason. They've lost 2 1 to regional. Uh, last weekend in a, in a tight encounter, but they also picked up a win the two-week cup against Nina, uh, showing signs that, that that can compete and that they haven't been beaten by a lot of goals that we've seen at start here. But this is absolutely huge for both sides. Well, it is massive, Adrian. There's no doubt about that. We know about Kilmallock. We know the squad they've picked from because it hasn't changed much over a number of seasons. And and look, we both know they're waiting on a couple of lads to come back from from playing Gat. Mm-hmm. and playing hurling, and when they return, they will be strong. So they'll be looking to stay within touching distance of Janesbrough. You know, we've said it for a couple of weeks that it's probably Janesbrough, Geraldines and Kilmallock, you know, and, and you look at Geraldines last week getting turned over by by Charleville. I think it was 5-0, and, and the Which alarm bells... Goals, yeah, conceded. Yeah, the alarm bells must be ringing for, for the Gary Owen outfit, you know, so Kilmallock will... We'll fancy their chances, you know, speaking to a couple of lads close to the Jamesburg camp. Their numbers aren't great, Adrian. They're struggling to get to get a team out and they've only had kind of 11 or 12 um, turning up for the last couple of weeks, which is worrying for them. It really is. When you consider where the B team is, they can't really pull from that. They don't have a youth team to, to pull from either. And, and look, that's the kind of structural stuff that the club themselves need to address because this is a massive game. But I suppose when you consider the top six, bottom six split, they're both going to have to play each other a, a, again twice. But Kilmallock will fancy it, Adrian. I know James will beat them out there earlier in the season already, but if I was a betting man, as I keep saying, I'd nearly go for Kilmallock this Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's certainly going to be an interesting one. Noel, just to switch from the Limerick Junior scene to the international scene, uh, there was... Great excitement, I suppose. Considering our uh, record in terms of international recognition with players, we're going to claim Chidozi Ogbeni as almost one of our own after scoring, uh, after playing a full season with Limerick FC in 2017. It was great for him to get off the mark and also great for Stephen Kenny to get his first competitive win uh, with the Trinal win over Azerbaijan uh, ahead of what will be tonight's game against Qatar. Yeah, and he's been impressive in his two cameos before starting as well, Ogbeni and his... You know, obviously we're on before the the guitar game. We don't know how it goes, but we know he's starting that one, and I think that's great. Um, obviously we hadn't seen him like in the flesh, if you like, for a few years, but he certainly filled out. Um, thought his header was very, very impressive, and we know his pace. And uh, there's probably a bit of upside in him yet, and and maybe the international scene will maybe get him a move higher up the league. But uh, look, it was great to get the win. Um, just need to relax a little bit now. Obviously, you'd like to see him win today. And, you know, with six points on offer in November, they probably need to go looking, you know, and try and get four out of six there. And hopefully Ireland can can progress from then. But uh, look, it's been a difficult time and, and it was nice to see him get that win and a clean shoot. Yeah, certainly. And, and Noel, just to, to stick with yourself on, it, there was probably disappointing news uh, in Treaty United today in the fact that senior women's manager Noel Connolly uh, departed his role. It's been a very difficult so- uh, season for Treaty United senior women's side. They find themselves at the foot of the table, four points adrift of, of Cork City. And OK, there, ha- there has been positives at times in terms of you've had 
a lot of young players uh, capped at underage international level and they have a lot of years left in them at League of Ireland level. But it just goes to show that, you know, it is a results business and, and results have, have been disappointing in the last two to three months for, for the side. Yeah, it's difficult. Look, it's, it's never easy. There's probably a sense of relief for Niall as well. It's always been difficult, you know. They took some really, really heavy, heavy blows, if you like. There's some very, very strong teams in that league. Obviously, likes the Wexford, Shelburne, and Piedmont, just to name a few. Um, I probably thought maybe at the start, looking at it in hindsight, that you know he was a bit inexperienced to take that job. It was probably a bigger job that most people would think. You know, obviously had he brought an Olympic under thirteen side to to a national final, but um, look. He's very young and hopefully he, he bounces back and he learns a bit, you know, because it is a results business and you've got to find a way to win. And, you know, the best the best teams have their own way of playing if they have the bigger budgets or whatever, but the rest of the teams just have to find a way to win. And uh, I think that he was quite principled in the way he wanted to play. And uh, sometimes you have to lose those and uh, be a bit more pragmatic and, uh, try, and try to get a result.